0: You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers Goldmine production with Angelina Martin and Stephanie Sanchez. What it do, it is episode 32 of the 49 Carats Podcast and boy do we have an excellent episode lined up for you guys ahead of this divisional matchup between the Packers and the 49ers. We have Eric Crocker here with us today. We're super stoked. And, of course, I also have my co-host, Steph Sanchez. Uh, Steph, I'm going to start with you. How are you doing? Are you excited to have Eric here?
1: Oh, of course. I'm excited. I'm nervous about the game, but excited to have Croc on here. Hopefully, he mel- he makes us feel better about the matchup.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, oh, uh, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are praying. Uh, so, Eric Crocker, a lot of people know you uh, not only, you know, from Twitter, but from your various podcasts that you do. Do, does anyone call you Eric, or is it? Are you just strictly Croc and Crocky now?
2: <laughs> I've I've probably been Croc since seventh grade. You know, yeah. it's it's always been crock. Some people call me E, like my family. They might call me E, but most people, I'd say ninety five percent of people call me crock. Yeah, crock, so, Crocky is newer. Like that's like I like some crock-y. girls that would call me Crock. Yeah, I like Crocky. I don't know why it just kind of <laughs> stuck. So I started using that. But um, yeah, Croc. Crock has been something that, I mean, Crock, Crockpot, you know, all that type of stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And especially as an athlete, like your last name is basically your first name, right? So uh, you and I have a little bit of a kindred spirit here because you are from Stockton, California in the 209. I'm from Turlock. So what was it like growing up in the 209 and, you know, just playing football here in the Central Valley?
2: Oh, man. Uh, Stockton is interesting. I guess uh, I I experienced everything, you know, I experienced everything growing up from, I guess, I mean, now I would probably consider it poverty. I didn't consider it that then, but now you look back and you're like, damn, I have to go through that. Uh, gosh, I don't even know where to start, you know, like you'd have to have something specific because it's, it's kind of all over the place, but pretty much growing up in Stockton is probably what you would imagine. Saw a lot of, you know, interesting things and I, I feel like everything that I saw kind of helped me shape. You know, it shaped me into the person that I am today, and uh, I think in a positive way.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, for for those of you who don't know, Eric Crocker, he played cornerback. He played at Modesto Junior College, that's right down the street from me. He was first team All Conference there, and then he went on to play D two football, where he yeah, was named to the Great American All Conference team. Look at that! Go Pirates! Hell yeah! Hashtag MJC. I stole
2: that chair out of the. I stole that chair out of the gym.
0: That's awesome. That's that's awesome. <laughs> you always need a souvenir. Uh, you didn't steal it. You took it. It was yours. <laughs> um not not only did eric tear up i don't know why i just called you eric that's hilarious not only did croc tear up um in college but he also you know throughout the course of his career signed with multiple pro teams from arena football to the nfl and now you probably know him as the co-host of locked on 49ers with brian peacock also um he also co-hosts locked on nfl draft so we're happy to have you here this is a huge game this weekend um just Right off the bat, Croc, these two teams have played each other before. They have a lot of playoff history, which luckily for us favors the 49ers. But as we saw earlier this season, the Packers had the upper hand. But coming into this game, how are these two teams different to you uh, than the last time they matched up? Because, you know, it is a lot different.
2: Well, I think both teams are really healthier in the right spots. You know, even let's start with Green Bay. And for everybody at the 49ers kind of getting back at how much different they are, Green Bay is pretty different too. They're getting back their number one edge rusher, Zadarius Smith, who he's been out since week one. So that's not ideal. They did have Jair Alexander in that game, but they haven't had him since like week five or something like that. So getting him back, you know, that's a big game for them as well. Um, You know, I think the biggest changes for the most part, probably on the 49ers side of the ball, especially with how they want to play. You know, we've seen how much the 49ers utilize Elijah Mitchell. And if they can give him the ball 25 times a game, like, they will. Well, he had zero, catch, uh, zero carries in that game because he was not active. They ran Trey Sermon, who I don't even know when's the last time we've seen Trey Sermon in a game. <laughs> so uh, that, <laughs> yeah, let, uh, that, that lets you know how far along uh, the 49ers have kind of come just in the run game. And then they figured out, oh, wait, we got this guy, Debo Samuel. We can actually put him in the backfield as a traditional running back. And hand the ball off to him, and he can do well doing that. And actually, more than well, he kind of does great doing that when they give him touches. So, um, from that from the offensive standpoint, the 49ers have definitely gotten a lot better understanding what their identity is and how they want to go about things. You know, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, there's no Josh Norman out there, there's no Dion Lenore out there. You have Emmanuel Mosley, and now you have Ambery Thomas, who has continued to kind of get better each week. So that's been good to see. And I think the biggest change which probably has really benefited the 49ers the most has been moving Eric Armstead to three tech and inside, which I thought that's what they were going to do when they traded Buckner away. I'm like, Oh, easy. Slide so Armstead inside. You got your edge rushes, You're good to go. They were like, nah, we want to draft Ken law and keep Armstead <laughs> on the outside. It didn't make sense to me at the time. Still doesn't make sense, but moving him inside definitely makes a lot more sense to me. He's been helping a ton in the run game, uh, the, you know, defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, he's pointed that out several times. And then the emergence of Arden Key, that's another guy who didn't really get snaps in that first game. I think he had three snaps, but he's played a pivotal part in the 49ers pass rush and their ability to really move the pocket and really kind of mush down. And you see everything collapse on, collapse on quarterbacks. They did five times on uh, Dak Prescott last week. They're going to have to get a lot of that from the defensive line to beat uh, the Green Bay Packers. But, I think those are some of the biggest differences. And I think those are huge differences as well.
0: Um, taking yeah. it back to the the cornerbacks, what are, I know they have different guys starting now, but, you know, DPIs were even a problem for Ambry Thomas earlier in the season. So what have you seen from them to really cut back on those penalties? Because they have just four DPIs for 69 yards in their past six games, which is a huge improvement um, from what we saw at the beginning of the season.
2: I don't know. I think it's just a little bit of luck. You know, I saw some of the (laughs) drills that they were doing and I'm like, man, people have been repping those drills like as long as you've been playing cornerback. They're doing it at half speed. That doesn't put you in any type of panic, right? Like, a lot of times pass interferences come when you're kind of in a state of panic, where your time clock is sped up. So if I'm out of position and I feel like I'm kind of fighting for my life, at the catch point, I might do something to kind of, like, you know, grab a guy a little bit too much or maybe, you know, push them off a little too much to try to fight for the ball because I'm in a state of panic. And maybe they've improved on that a little bit, maybe just being in a better position. I know D'Amico Ryans, he's played a ton of too high, more qu- quarters, cover four. Maybe that has changed some things. And I do think having guys out there like Ambry Thomas, he can run with guys. He's not uh Josh Norman, who leads the 49ers in penalties in the secondary. You know, Josh Norman, he struggles to run with guys. So he's more in that panic state, you know, a little bit more than the other guys would be. Amber Thomas, he, there's, there's nobody that he can't run with. So, you know, he ran a four three out there at Michigan's pro day. So I think maybe having guys out there now who have a little bit more speed and then doing a good job of kind of protecting the corners and letting them know that they have help. Maybe that helps them be a little bit more comfortable and not in a state of panic. I'd assume that's the stuff that worked, but there might be some luck with it too. Cause the refs, they call <laughs> passing the fence some <laughs> weird stuff. A lot of times I yeah. don't agree with. So Depends on the day, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: So seeing how Aaron Rodgers targeted Lenore a ton in that week three game and seeing how he was successful doing it and, and they struggled with the DPIs early in the season, do you anticipate that Aaron Rodgers is going to go after Ambry Thomas? And if so, are you worried about that? Or do you feel like what, how he's been playing in these last couple of weeks, you feel good about him holding his own?
2: Uh, you know, with rookies, there's always going to be that ups and downs. There's always going to be those new things that they're seeing for the first time. And I think anytime you face a quarterback like uh, Aaron Rodgers, he knows how to utilize everything against you. He's seen every coverage. He knows every disguise. So you got to really be on your A game. And when you're a rookie cornerback, there's a lot of things that they're going to throw at you that you just haven't seen. You know, for instance, De'Amazon Lenore in that first game on the touchdown pass, they kind of high load him where they uh, he had to fall off into his quarter's or his two and kind of sink under the quarter corner route. I think it was quarters. So he would have a quarters, uh, deep quarters. But they sent two guys at him, and they both went in. It was a number three guy that ran the corner route, and he was just this far off. They got him to squeeze just enough to be able to sneak it in over the top of him, right? But that's probably the first time that he had seen that. And then they got him again late in the game where it looked like he was supposed to be in a two-man trail. He had uh, Hufunga right over the top of him, and it was supposed to be a bracket on Devontae Adams, but for whatever reason, D'Amador Lenore decided to play on top. I don't know. It was really weird. It was. He was like totally wrong. And I only noticed because I looked at the way that uh, uh, Emmanuel Mosley played it on that same play. He was a two-man trail. He had the same setup with the safety. I don't know what Lenore was doing, but that cost the 49ers ultimately. That was the catch that put them in position to spike it with four seconds left and kick a field goal. So, you know, you see things like that happen, and it's all learning lessons, hopefully. Amber Thomas is able to learn from Diamantor Lenore's mistakes, that and that's the key there. Especially because in in the yeah. NFL, you don't get a whole lot of reps when you're not a starter and stuff. So you have to like have the mental capacity to learn from other guys' mistakes.
0: Right. Yeah. Um. Speaking of of coverage, we know from I mean everyone's been dissecting film on Twitter all week ahead of this matchup. The Packers love to run slot fade. That's something that Kwan Williams has been beat on a number of times this season, including last week against the Cowboys. Uh, How can the 49ers defend that better, especially against a team like Green Bay, who, you know, tends to go to that a lot?
2: Probably not have Kawan Williams in there alone, (laughs) right? I think the most ideal way to, to defend a slot fade is to run too high. You run too high, you eliminate that right away. And too high, even if it's man coverage... Uh, You got two safeties high. They're responsible for uh, half field. Then you won't have to worry about the slot fade. But as soon as the 49ers go single high, and even if you look on the one uh, that Kawan Williams got beat on, uh, it was single high. They ran slot fades to both sides. So uh, Aaron Rodgers is able to pick. Which guy does he think is going to get beat? He can throw to that side. And it's hard for a single high safety to... Really get to there quick enough, especially with Aaron Rodgers, who gets the ball out quick and really he's accurate and precise with all of his throws. So I think the ideal way is to there's a couple of different ways you can go about it. One, not have Kawun Williams out there, and have somebody out there that can just run better with the slots on that. If you know I'm going to go, oh, I'm going to go single high, and I want, and there might go slot fades. Well, let me put guys inside that can run faster and on defend vertical routes better. So that's one way to go about it. Uh, another way, especially if you want to run single high, is say, all right, we're going to press this guy on the other side on the slot. And we're fine with him. But to the other side, okay, we want to run single high, but Kawan Williams, we know you struggle with that. So what we're going to do is we're essentially going to put on a bracket. We're going to have you play about five yards off, outside shade, and you, you stay on top and take away anything uh, vertical pushing to outside. And then have the safety looking to be more of a robber And him, if anything uh, gets funneled inside, then he can take that. So essentially, like instead of Kawan Williams feeling like, oh, man, I'm in the slot, man coverage, and I have to defend both sides, now I just take away vertical to outside pushing route. And I think that'll be easier for him to cover.
0: I hope that uh, the Packers don't
1: listen to this episode. <laughs> <'Cause-> <laughs> I was going to say, I hope someone from the 49ers is listening. Yes, He's both, spitting yeah. right now.
2: <laughs> they might tell me I'm wrong. Spit I don't bags. know. But that's how I was. To me, that seems like the most ideal way to help uh, a guy that might need help.
0: Yeah. And you would know better than us. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> Now, another, another player that struggled, I think, um, in that week three matchup with was Alex Mack going against Kenny Clark. So that's someone I'm I'm kind of concerned with going into this game. Um, are there any other matchups on the offensive line that you're concerned with? And if so, how can they neutralize a Packers pass rush?
2: Well, first I want to talk about Alex Mack because I feel like early in the season he was kind of getting dominated a little bit right like yeah it wasn't just the green bay game there were several games where people were like damn what's wrong with alex mack like this is not what <laughs> we thought we were getting he's getting bullied <laughs> we didn't sign he's, up for
0: this <laughs> yeah he's
2: getting pushed back into the quarterback's lap like that's not ideal you know i think uh as time went on i mean when's the last time you've really heard somebody mention alex mack's name except for when he's getting tackled by randy gregory and <laughs> you know like and they call the uh, defense a holding on that so uh, I think he's done much better. Now, Kenny Clark is really good. I mean, he's a he's a mother effort there in the middle. Mm-hmm. So you hope that, you know, the 49ers' uh, interior offensive line has more continuity to be able to defend something like that and maybe help Alex Mack a little bit more. But I think overall, Mack has improved throughout the season. Uh, but if anybody worries me, it, it's got to be Tom Compton. And it's against uh, Gary, the, uh, the edge rusher from uh, – he went to Michigan. And he was a guy from Michigan. He had, like, supreme athletic ability, especially for his size, but he just wasn't good. Like, he just wasn't a good pass rusher. And they weren't sure, like, do we use him as an outside linebacker, like a 3-4 outside backer, or is he going to be even a 4-3 outside backer, 4-3 under type guy, whatever it is. And eventually he's playing defensive end now. He's had, what, nine and a half sacks this year. He's one of the top guys in pressure in the NFL. Him going up against Tom Compton, that scares me a little bit. That scares me a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah we'll and at the ahead. beginning of – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steph.
1: Oh, no, I was just going to say, going back to Alex Mack, his his uh, pass-blocking efficiency grade has definitely improved. I was I was telling Angie the other day that it's actually higher now than it was when he was with the Falcons in 2016. Wow. So, yeah.
2: That's, <laughs> better there, with there AIDS. Doing
1: better. Doing better.
2: <laughs> well, you know what, though? A lot of people – and this is what happens, like social media, Twitter, all that stuff – They'll remember like one thing in their head that was like really bad or a couple of things that are like, oh, they've seen it happen maybe over a few games. And it's like, well, that's who the player is. And it just shows like, no, nah, man, the dude improved throughout the year. So, yeah, that's that's what's up that he had that that grade. CC Mike McGlinchey. Uh,
0: so <laughs> earlier, <laughs> earlier in the episode, we talked about, you know, how these teams are different and how the Packers are healthier now. They're getting players back. Um, but they will not have Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So how big of an impact is that going to have on the Packers to you?
2: That's that's big because that's their best vertical threat in the sense of speed, right? Now, Devontae Adams, I mean, it's like the best receiver in the league. So, I mean, I, you know, he wins all over, and that's going to be tough. But you don't want two guys that can win all over. And we saw Valdez-Scantling, you know, beat the 49ers guys a couple of times in that game where there was like, I think, was it him on the slot, field or Lazard? And then there was the uh, the post route where it was on. It was a really good concept where 49ers had two high safeties and they had Devontae Adams hook up right in front of the near safety, which was Ward. So that held him down. And you had Tart, who was outside shade, and he ran a post. And all you have to do is just run away from him. And Aaron Rodgers threw it in a perfect spot. So that was tough. But he has that type of speed that can really hurt you in that way. So now you take him away. You know, you have Cobb, and it's like, you know, he's cool. You have uh, Lazard. I mean, he's cool. But they ain't, they're not guys that are really threatening you with speed like that. So now I think it makes it a little, quote, unquote, easier to be able to do some things with bracketing Devontae Adams, but still be able to cover guys, you know, outside. Not having him, I think that's big, actually. This is my first time hearing. I saw some things that he was kind of questionable or doubtful, but if he's not playing, that's huge.
1: He's doubtful, Yeah.
2: Yeah, we that's still, so. yeah, if he doesn't play, that's huge.
0: <laughs> we hope he's out. Uh, what about Zadarius Smith? He's been out since week one. Uh, how big of an impact is he going to have on this game? And, you know, when you've been out since week one, how productive are you going to be in the divisional round of the playoffs? Like, how big of a factor do you think that will have?
2: You know, they talked about putting him on the snap count. And the good thing is, from at least what I remember about Zadarius Smith, he always rushes off the left side of the offensive, offensive line. So if he's rushing off the left side of the offensive line, that's Trent Williams over there. So if I feel comfortable <laughs> with any matchup, is anything and that's Zadarius is good. He's a really good football player. He really is. But first game back. So just knocking the rust off. There is always going to be that he's a football player. He'll adjust pretty quick, but he's going up against Trent Williams. And that's not to say that he can't win any matchups with that, but I just say, I think it, ma- it favors Trent Williams because he's been so good. So, Maybe he makes a play or two, but I don't think it's anything to where it's like, gosh, dang, man, we we just can't block Zadarius Smith. Like, he's back there every player. It won't be anything like that.
0: It's funny. We're speculating and, you know, talking about potential players that could be out. And you know, all eyes were on the 49ers practice this week with Packers fans, and everyone was practicing. So I hope that just, like, stabbed their heart to see Nick Bosa out there and Fred Warner and... Jimmy G. Um, <laughs> so I like yeah. the parallels here with us keeping tabs on everyone's injuries.
1: Yeah, it seems like the, the Packers fans definitely got a good look at Nick Bosa today in practice, but I won't go into that too much. <laughs> Did you um, see that?
2: that. <laughs> oh, and this is, and not, not, not to be like a police officer or anything, but one time I my, uh, my son, he had to pee like really bad, right? So we were driving somewhere and we let him out on the side of the road and he went pee. And I learned that it's that's like uh, if you get exposure. caught by the police doing that, you have to register like as a sex sex offender. And I guess maybe if it's a minor, I don't think I was told like if it's a minor, then it would be like me or I don't know, it was something crazy like that. So Nick Bosa out there peeing in public, man. That's it's, that's dangerous right there. But we do that <laughs> football, you know, the bathrooms sometimes are really far. Man, you just go yeah, and yeah. pull your thing out and you go pee somewhere, you know. You gotta find a place to go. So,
1: <laughs> for for people, it happens
0: no. Um, the 49ers were practicing at a high school in Green Bay today, and Nick Bosa had the guy had to go, so he just kind of did it over, I think, maybe by the bleachers. And so, a picture of it leaked online. And now, Packers fans are tagging the local police department trying to get wow. Nick Bosa arrested. Super fun, love this rivalry. It's it's great,
2: but see that's not fun because you're you're I mean seriously you would hate for him like well all of no. a sudden Nick Bolts has to be a registered sex offender because he went pee at sarcasm practice. Like, fun yeah so like, I
0: tweeted you I know. tweeted at the FBI I said let's look at Rogers where he was on January 6th if you want to play this game like we can we can go tit for tat you know you <laughs> want to investigate. January 6th? I don't know. Maybe at the Capitol. Oh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: We're done. Oh, sorry.
0: Allegedly. Allegedly. Please don't sue me, Aaron. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to business. Steph, you got the next question for crack?
1: <laughs> well, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, it is no secret that he has historically kind of struggled against the 49ers defense, especially in the playoffs. So do you feel like the 49er fans should have some, you know, confidence going into this game because of that?
2: You know, my, my confidence comes from D'Amico Ryans and the job that he's done no matter who they play. He's played terrific quarterbacks all this year, and he's done a really good job of limiting a lot of stuff. And I think he's only improved – uh while this year has gone on, I mean, look at the, what he did against the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm not saying Dak Prescott is Aaron Rodgers, but Cowboys—they presented some tough matchups. You had receivers all over the place. You had tight ends; they were getting back, and you know they got Dylan. They got Schwartz. They had uh, what's the other guy's name? Gosh, they had Schwartz. What's that other tight end's name? Can't think all of it right, right now. But but anyways, they had two tight ends that they could use at any time. They had multiple receivers who can stretch the field. And D'Amico Ryans, I mean, it was like at some point, like heading into the fourth quarter, the Cowboys had like 100 yards of total offense. So this is a coordinator that whatever he does, no matter the uh, you know who he has on the field, he's able to kind of limit the big plays. So you look at Aaron Rodgers, and he's scary. He is a bad man. But I put more faith in D'Amico Ryans to put together a game plan uh, that will help kind of slow down what the Packers want to do. And even if, and we've seen it against the, the Rams, they got theirs early on. Eventually, D'Amico Ryans catches up, and he's able to make some adjustments to help slow things down. So I have a lot of faith in D'Amico Ryans. Maybe too much. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Blake Jarwin, by the way, is the other Blake guy Jarwin, that came to me. <laughs> he was on my fantasy team, and then I switched him out for Schultz because, well, Schultz, Schultz had a great season. Beast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what about Jimmy's road win percentage? Uh, he's he's great on the road, but he's going into Lambo. It's freezing cold. Is that a reason to you know be, be confident? Just like maybe you could be confident about how crappy uh Rogers plays against the 49ers in the playoffs? Um
2: <laughs> Jimmy.
0: Jimmy. I, like I think Jimmy. you have
2: to kind of account for him doing some weird stuff, you know? Yeah, that's what I like to Not- say because I, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just think he does weird stuff sometimes. <laughs> and we agree for for sure. a lot of quarterbacks, you know quarterbacks do they, they can have like weird moments. I think the issue with Jimmy, the issue is Kyle Shanahan understands that these weird moments might happen more times than for Jimmy than other quarterbacks. So he tries to limit it. So, you know, Jimmy's going to be on, you know, a limited throwing attempts, right? Like he typically wants to throw between 22 to 28 times. You don't really want him going over that. So when he does, you just increase the chance of more weird things kind of happening. So, I think with Jimmy, as long as they kind of keep that number down a little bit. Earlier, I could I I kind of compared it to a, a relief pitcher, right? A relief pitcher, he's throwing, he comes in and he's throwing hot. But you know, like, man, he got about 10 pitches in him, right? He got like 15 pitches before we have to swap him out. And I think that's Jimmy Garoppolo where you don't want him to get over that number, and then you know, because if you do weird things start happening up until that number, a lot of times he's super efficient, he can make a lot of good throws, tight window throws. He's probably one of the best tight window throwers in the NFL. I think in clutch moments when they need him, I think he answers the call more times than not. Uh, I I bring that up all the time, and then people want to bring up the Super Bowl, and it's like, man, that was one game. Man. More times than <laughs> not, Jimmy comes through in the stretch. That's all true. Right? Just, it really is just true. didn't just didn't do when it happened uh, when we needed it most. But uh, Jimmy, you know, I, I don't think you want to get him in a position to where he has to try to outduel Aaron Rodgers, especially with the thumb injury, especially with the shoulder. Uh, if if as long as the run game is working. I think I think it'll be all right. You don't you don't have, you just don't put it on Jimmy to have to like, oh, I have to be the reason why the 49ers win.
0: Yeah. Uh we're hoping that he doesn't make any dumb decisions tomorrow. He has more interceptions than touchdowns in his last three games. In four playoff games, he has two touchdowns and four interceptions. So not only more interceptions than touchdowns in his last three games, but more more interceptions than touchdowns as a quarterback playing in the playoffs. Um, he's the worst postseason quarterback in the fourth quarter slash OT. 19.4 passer rating in the fourth quarter and overtime in his postseason career. Uh, how concerning is that for you, Croc? <laughs> it,
2: it's not ideal, but if he starts off well, like he has in a lot of games, then maybe the bad fourth quarter won't bite the 49ers. Still, again, yeah. when you're playing against Aaron Rodgers, is you know, you, you got to be able to, you know, keep your foot on the pedal because at any moment yeah. he can make some throws and put them back in the game. But, I mean, we've seen this matchup before in the game where, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have to throw a whole lot in championship game Fortnite was were able to just run their way to a victory. And I think ideally, especially in these type of this type of weather and conditions, even though Jimmy has played in it before college, growing up in Chicago, all that stuff. Um, he has some injuries and stuff that may affect the way he throws the ball. So hopefully, the run game can really kind of seal the game and put the game away for the 49ers.
0: Yeah. An injured Jimmy Garoppolo versus a healthy Aaron Rodgers is less than ideal. But like you said, you know, since 2019, they're 30 and one. Uh, no, that's not right. I think it's 20 and one since 2019. If they run the ball, 30. Or more times I might have messed up the exact record but they've only lost one time since 2019 when they run a lot yeah exactly (laughs) so I mean as long as as long as they have that run game and and Kyle doesn't abandon it if it doesn't work out immediately you know I think they should be good
2: here's one thing man The, the the 49ers have a really good team And there's times where I, you know, I'll get on Twitter and I'll I'll say things. I'll speak the honest truth about Jimmy Garoppolo, which is not terrible. I'll let everybody, he's not terrible. But he, you know, he does does some weird stuff, right? This has, and and a lot of times when I talk about certain situations, people are like, it wasn't. It's a team sport. It's a team game. It's everybody. And my response is typically like, yeah, but the quarterback, I mean, they get paid the most. So they have the biggest hand in a lot of things that happen throughout the game. They can prevent things by you know, just making plays or they can contribute to helping another team stay in the game, which Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of known to do. I think this is going to be like the ultimate team. This has to be the ultimate team win. You know, it's it's going to come down to, you know, Jimmy, you're going to have to account for him doing some weird things here and there. And you need the team to be able to back him in the moments. And we've seen, you know, several times this year where they weren't able to back him. One was the Packers game early on. Jimmy drove them down the field, scored a touchdown. He did some weird stuff in that game, threw multiple interceptions, setting up short fields for uh, the uh, Packers. One was a fumble. One was an interception. But at the end of the day, he was able to drive down and put the 49ers ahead. And in that moment, you need your team to back you, regardless of everything else that happened in the game. Back me up right now. Make me right. They didn't. Same thing happened in uh, the Tennessee game. 49ers had ample opportunity to really stomp Tennessee out. Jimmy did some weird stuff, but at the (laughs) end of the day, he drove down, tied the game up. 49ers' defense wasn't able to answer the call. So they need the ultimate team performance there, and and I think they'll be all right.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like these last couple games have been complete, like, team wins and so that's really great to see going back to the running game and someone who's really involved in that in terms of their blocking George Kittle um you know he he's been kind of quiet lately he's run 114 routes good for nine receptions for 78 yards in the last 4 weeks combined um but the Packers they're actually 28th in DVOA versus tight ends so do you feel like this is a potential George Kittle game.
2: I mean, this feels like a George Kittle game, right? It's out there. It's going to be freezing to cold. Be, right? He's like this. I, wrestler. I feel like he has this the mindset to really take on the code. And like, like he might want to def- defeat the code more than he wants to defeat the green Bay Packers. Right. He just has that type of mentality to kind of prove <laughs> people wrong Love with that. certain things. But, you know, I, I was on Twitter and I saw my guy, rich J Madrid. He does an awesome job, you know, with Love, the rich. whole offensive stuff and all that type of stuff. And, um, he spoke about how Kittle has been getting bracketed and the 49ers have just been like, all right, if you're going to bracket him, then we're going to go elsewhere. And maybe it's just that simple. I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't paid attention, but if you go off of what he said, uh, maybe it's just that simple. And they're just like, you know what? Nah, man, w- let's just hit Ayuk. IU. iuk has been doing much better as of late, yeah. right? The production has been there. Obviously, I mean, Debo Samuel, he's going to get his in all facets of the game, but I guess teams are just really making it a point of emphasis to take away George Kittle, which I would too super explosive and he's working the middle of the field
0: yeah it's about time that uh teams focus on him right (laughs) right Um, before we hop into like some predictions for the game I have seen um a couple questions in the chat Dawson Richard asked if we're worried about special teams are you worried about special teams uh we're going up against you know luckily a team that has a worse special teams than us so what are your thoughts on that and how it might impact the game
2: I'm glad you brought that up about them having like, oh, we're special teams of the 49ers because (laughs) I I think special teams is one of those things that when your team loses, you make a bigger deal out of it than what it is. Now, again, ideally, coaches would tell you they want to win in uh, three phases of the game, right? So, I mean, so there are three phases. You want to win two out of the three phases. So you got offense, defense, special teams. All right. So to win, typically, you got to win two out of those three. And special teams is included in that. So if you win offense and defense, then special teams won't matter, right? Or if you're just so good offensively. And if you look at the Packers, they again, they got the worst. You just said it. They got the worst uh, special teams as far as you know DVOA goes and all that. 32nd in the league. And they lost like three games this year or whatever. So, yeah. you know, how, the how, how much does special teams really affect you? Not saying it doesn't hurt or help, right? We saw 49ers get it rough in the punter and all that but they got a rough in the punter. That's bad. That'll go bad against DVOA. Well, they ended up punting just a few plays later anyways. So obviously special teams can hurt you, but I'm not really worried about it if they handle their business in the other places.
0: Yeah, definitely agree. But, you know, 49er fans know maybe more than any other fan base, how impactful special teams can be. Um, I don't want to say kyle williams but i'm i'll, I'll just say it but uh mm. let's i know yeah. i'm sorry i that like i'm a masochist i like to bring up painful things just because it reminds me you know it could always be worse um but you know let's not pause let's not focus on on the past let's look to the future saturday 5 15 my time uh pst the niners and the packers are gonna play so what's your predi- prediction Croc?
2: Oh, man. Uh, really exciting game. I mean, this this is one I'm really looking forward to. I will say this. I feel more comfortable about this matchup than I did last week against the Cowboys. Wow. And I knew I would head into it. I even feel more comfortable with the weather conditions because it's not like a 49ers are like this past happy team that want to throw the ball all around in this frigid weather. They are a team that want to impose their will on you They want to make teams quit up front and pound the rock as much as they can and then play good defense. And when you're playing in weather like that, playing good defense and running the ball, that travels, no matter what weather it is in. And that's a mindset. So I think they're prepared for this weather. I think they're prepared to play a team like this that isn't necessarily great against the run, Uh, a team that is possibly a little bit more finesse. 49ers are going to stop the run, uh, you know, stop the Packers run. So I like the 49ers in this game. I'm going to go 24 uh, 20. I like the Niners.
0: Woo. Are we doing scores? Okay, Steph, you go next. <laughs> okay. We um, hate doing score predictions. Yeah, hate, but, but, it, we do, but we do we do them. Uh, we hate them because we usually get them wrong.
2: We, I think we all get them wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I,
1: I really think this is going to be a close game. It's going to come down to the final seconds. And I think it's really going to be within three or less points. Um, so I'm going to go 28-26 uh, Niners. Mm, I like wow. it.
0: Okay. Yeah, we went on uh, Tom Grossi's pack cast this week, and he's a huge Packers fan, and we kind of talked about the outcomes. And, yeah, Steph and I both agreed, like, this is going to be a, a, a three-point game at the most. It's going to be really close, just like it was last time. I'm going to go... 30 27 Niners. Mm. So
2: I don't our know. How so we should take it. the over. So we should take it yeah. over.
0: Take the over. Yeah. You heard it here first. Uh, I don't know how they're gonna get to that score, but I'm just throwing numbers out there. Just if they're within, that's how
2: they're gonna get there.
0: <laughs> if they're within three points, give us our flowers, okay? Um croc, we don't want to keep you too long before we head out. Steph, is there anything else you know that uh you wanted to ask Croc while we got him here? nothing anything man I'm I'm not even anything no I'm just kidding (laughs) um, well and I also uh messed up in the beginning I did not mention frontline sports network you even have it on your hat so tell the people you know all all the places that that they can find you if they want to keep up with you and we have some new subscribers in the chat so
2: yeah uh definitely head over to my twitter account at eric underscore crocker and there there's like the little link tree thing. And if you click on that, it should take you to everything that I have going on, whether it's my YouTube, my different podcast, you know, all that good stuff. Um, I mean, you know, I'm kind of involved in so many different things that it kind of gets, I'll be here all day trying to list it, but frontline (laughs) sports network. That's something that I've been working on trying to get off the ground. And the way my mind works is when I see somebody doing something, it's like, well, why can't I do that? You know? So I have my guy, Marcos, he's helping me with frontline sports. We're trying to get that off the ground, add different, you know, podcasts to it and, and try to figure out a way to, you know, get everybody to be able to monetize off of it. And, you know, I was a part of blue wire network and I know how it is to do a podcast. Most people do podcasts because they love talking sports, but it's great to be able to monetize off of talking about football or whatever it is. And, seeing Blue Wire and how that whole thing transpired, I think my first check there was like $30 or something like that. And then it was like 70 bucks. And then it was like $100. Then like 600 you know, and so on. So like, I know if Blue Wire is able to do that, and now they have like this sweet uh, studio out in the yeah. Wind Hotel in Las Vegas. And I've heard the story behind everything and how uh, yeah. our guy Kevin Jones got there.
0: Yeah, and shout I, out my Kevin.
2: My mind is just like, if 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 other people can do that and start these networks, I want a locked on network. There's a guy, David Locke, like you know, like these people they just start these yeah. things and they figure it out, and that's where I'm at right now. I'm in the figuring out stages, so uh, that's what Frontline Sports is. Shout out to my guy Marco. He's uh, been a huge, huge help, even when I don't have you know a ton of money to, to, you know and resources and things like that. <laughs> but you know, it's hard, you know, starting something. And you have this vision, but you just gotta you gotta figure it out. So frontline Sportsman, yeah. make sure you guys uh subscribe to that YouTube channel. Yeah, and, and, and you Marco, know, we're
1: I was gonna say Marco actually he did the intro to our podcast, the one that plays <laughs> right before. So he's oh wow, awesome. yeah. yeah, yeah. He's
2: great, great, we great guy. Marco. Great guy. We have our conversations, our meetings and things like that. Yeah, he's he's real cool.
0: That's awesome. Well, best of luck to you. And, you know, like you, we are just trying to figure it out. And we appreciate, you know, someone like you with such a huge platform taking the time to come on our little show. So we can't thank you enough. And I'm a little nervous
2: that you're, what? Y'all ask me (laughs) questions. Can I ask y'all questions? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. You said you're a little nervous. You said you're a little nervous. What?
0: Oh no. Did I say I was a little nervous?
2: You're about to say you're a little nervous about something.
0: Oh, I was going to say, you're, I'm a little nervous you're not going to be at the game tomorrow. But... Oh, I know.
2: I told my <laughs> wife, you're too, the good luck I was charm. Like, I'm the good luck charm. I'm going to Wisconsin. <laughs> and then, you know, I've been traveling a lot lately. Y- y'all know how it gets. My wife hasn't complained at all. But, you know, I've been, <laughs> I've been away. And yeah. I was just like, I asked her, I was like, baby, you want to go to Wisconsin? Like, you know, and she was just She's like, like in the snow? How cold yeah, is it she saw gonna the be? weather.
1: She's like, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that was one of those things too, where we could, I mean, we could fly in Saturday morning and then we could just leave Sunday morning, you know, check out the hotel, leave Sunday morning. But, you know, she's in, in the heart of nursing school. She finishes up in early May. So she's, you know, really focused on that. So once she was yeah. like, uh nah, I'll pass. You can go though. I was like, no, nah, I'll just watch it I from the crib.
0: It. But wow, the point I was is
2: been. I apologize to <laughs> <laughs> But uh, You
0: know where to, where to place our blame.
2: <laughs> I, I wanted to ask y'all because I feel like anybody that you know puts as much time and effort into something like this, you know, talking about it. You guys have the stats pulled up and everything. Like, what's your, what's your goal with your podcast and and everything,
1: Steph? What's Damn. our goal? I don't, <laughs> I'm like, I don't really know. Like, we're, just, I guess you could say, like, we're also just figuring it out and you know, just enjoying the ride. We we didn't really set out to be any specific thing, but you know, we we see a lot of people become you know, have a great following and connection with their listeners and viewers. And I guess that's, that's what we strive to do the most. Yeah.
0: The best part about this has been connecting with other fans and, you know, having people listen to us and and agree with us. Um, But you know, and and Steph and I have become friends with this. We've never even met in person, but we have so much fun. Like, what me and
2: Steph today. met in person before? before <laughs> I, know, yeah. I know, I <laughs> know,
0: dude. I know. I really want to go to the Denver game next season. <laughs> we gotta go. so Steph can link hey, up, Croc, like, you got to come game. through too. Man,
1: if
2: y'all yeah. go, I'll go. I'm good. I'll okay,
0: go. all right. It's it's set up, <laughs> but go. um, yeah. Like we just have we just have fun. There's really, you know, we're not trying to like make millions of dollars or anything, obviously. Right. Like, I think we just like to talk about sports and um, this is a place where we can do it and feel like maybe other people can share with in that with us, I guess.
2: And I, and I think that's the best way to go about probably anything in life, like anything that people end up doing and it's like, man, I love doing this. Uh, for me, it was never, and still is never about money, right? Like, yeah. I clearly I'm very passionate about the 49ers, clearly. And you know, growing up, huge 49er fan, you know, right. being able to play football and kind of bring that perspective to it and everything. It's just I've when I was a kid, I used to uh I used to record, I don't know how young y'all are, but we used to have VCRs <laughs> and on Sundays yeah. I would we know what VCRs are, crack Okay. I would record the 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 uh I would record the games and then watch them back throughout the week. Like I was just so infatuated with that. Then I would watch ESPN and I love Stuart Scott. So, like, I always wanted to be mm-hmm. like that person. Like, now I'm going to be like Stuart Scott, you know? Yeah. And the moment I had an opportunity to just talk about, like, somebody was like, hey, man, do a podcast. And it's like, man, I could talk about sports. Like, cool. Hopefully, somebody listened to me. And, like, y'all, like, I do this for free. You know, like, I'm just yeah. passionate about it. I just love it. I just love doing it. It's just even cooler when you start to monetize <laughs> it mean, yeah, right. yeah. like, wait a minute, I get paid to talk about sports. Like that's like now, like when I tell people, they're like, man, what do you do? And it's like,, Ugh. you're kind of not embarrassed to say it, but it, you know, it just comes yeah. up like, oh yeah, well, I'm a podcaster, you know really? And they're like, huh, okay. Yeah. And I'm like so yeah. many
0: people have that dream though, like I saw this survey. It was like eighty percent of people aged thirteen to thirty eight. Want to be an influencer on the internet, which is like a that's like everyone, like everyone wants to do something on the internet, so I don't think you should be embarrassed. Like, you have the dream job that everyone is like striving to have, you know.
2: I, I wouldn't say okay, maybe embarrassed is embarrassed a is word, a bad but, word, but it's weird. Just, it's just uh, a little unorthodox, I guess you could say, right? Like, yeah, when typically you hear someone, hey, what do you do? Like, Akash, we asked Akash because he was in this. Uh, in this at his job or something, all these numbers. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm an engineer," you know. And it's like, "Of, <laughs> of course, that sounds he fancy. Is. <laughs> You know, I was like, "Damn, that sounds fancy." Well, so you know? oh, okay, I'm a podcaster, <laughs> like you know. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like I'm supposed to have like a grown up job, and I guess now it is turning into a grown up job, and um, it's cool to be able to support my family. Uh, you know, my wife and kids. My my wife's a nurse, is cool. Like I said, you know, she's not working right now, and to be able to take care of everything and do all the things that I love doing. While We're talking about sports. I think that's amazing. So I say all that to say, you know, maybe, maybe it's in y'all plans in the future or something like that. You know, you start from somewhere and then it continues to kind of grow from there. And I think y'all doing it as women and, you know, not, not to like, you know, single y'all out as like all you are as women, but you know, there's a platform for that. Like where I think, I think my mindset is always like, you just got to figure it out. And I know there's a lane for, you know, women talking sports in a way to kind of get in where it's needed and it is needed. It's needed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, just don't don't say yourself short. i say that. Don't say yourself short.
0: Well, thanks, Croc. That means a lot. I really yeah. I, we're yeah. excited to see where it goes. I mean, it's almost we're coming up on our one year anniversary and like I don't think we expected to have um, a chat pl- full of awesome people commenting and like following along. Like I pretty much just thought we were going to be talking to no one, um, but that's not the case. So <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> uh, Croc again, it was so nice to have you on. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, this is the 49 carats podcast. Of course you can find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Um, and also on Anywhere you can stream podcasts, uh, whether it's Spotify, Apple, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at 49kpod. So until next time, peace. Peace.
1: Peace.